If you actually bother to read Twilight before making fun of it, you'll love Adapt or Die, co-hosted by Pippa Russell and K.J. Minzner, a bi-weekly podcast about adaptations of all kinds, from classic literature to movies to television and everything in between. Here's a clip. Is the secret to writing a good book to just eat a lot of shrimp and then go to sleep? Because I can do that. That's... I mean, I I think that's one element. The other element is just to be super repressed. Because... Oh, I've got that down too. We're... <laughs> We've We're checked so- all the boxes. <laughs> I didn't go to Catholic school for 12 years for nothing. Adapt or Die, available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The Legacy Saga may contain subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Specific content warnings are available in the episode description. The tale of Saving collapsed, gripping the tatters of his arm. Distract that thing! Ariel ran forward and picked up Saving before the hulking monster that once was Cassius could crush him. The rest of Aurora Nova formed an unsteady wall between it and their friends as Naya created an orb of fire and hurled it towards the monstrosity. Whatever you're doing, do it quickly! Ariel laid Saving on the stone and inspected the injury. The wound was rough and grisly, a mess of bone and flesh that was being consumed by that physical darkness. Ariel put his hand to the wound and struggled to make the darkness abate as he had before. Though it appeared to recoil at first, the strain was more powerful than the poison he encountered on the train. Ariel could burn it away, but it would take time they did not have. I'm sorry about this, Sabin. Ariel stepped back and raised his sword, willing the flames on the blade to grow. Ariel amputated the rough, poisoned mess of flesh. Though improvised and imperfect, the new stump was neater and partially cauterized. Wait here. Things were not going very well for the rest of the party. The monster absorbed all sorts of attacks, both magical and not without any visible damage. In return, it used the four of them like playthings, tossing them through the air with ease. This damn thing is unkillable. What are we supposed to do? Uh, I have no The monster grabbed Atara and flung her in the air. After flailing for a moment, she grasped one of the ceiling beams. Atara landed in the rafters not far from Theo. She climbed over and patted their face. Ooh, Atara. Hey. How's it going? Uh... She looked down to see her friends, 
flying through the air. Terrible, actually. Fuck. I can't get you out right now. I'm sorry. No problem. I'll just hang, hang out. Atara kissed their forehead, then turned her attention back to the battle. Gods, please. Something has to work. As Atara drew back her bowstring, the purple arrows did not come. Instead, light coalesced around the negative space until it formed a glowing, radiant bolt. She took note, then loosed. For the first time in the battle, the monster staggered. It worked? I don't know what the hell that was, but it worked! Hey! If you know any spells or attacks that involve whatever that weird light is, use them! Rowan sat up after being thrown across the room. She pulled out the holy symbol of Calpurnia she wore around her neck. Calpurnia, I have never asked you for anything, but now I call to you to give me the strength to defeat this abomination. After a moment, Rowan's axe erupted into the same golden fire. The flames licked at her hand, yet she felt no pain or heat of any kind. Rowan charged as Cortez flew above her head. She threw all her momentum into a great swing that cut through the viscous flesh of the monster. Though pained, the monster swatted Rowan away like a fly. Naya closed her eyes and focused on a spell she had used in training, but not yet in combat. On the ceiling above the monster, a pale silver crescent appeared. As Naya waved her staff, the crescent spun rapidly, forming a circle and gaining momentum until... Pale, silvery light erupted from the circle. When the beam hit the monster, ghostly fire engulfed parts of its body. As the magical flames burned away, it calcified portions of the creature's shadowy torso, leaving its exterior hard and brittle. On his feet again, Cortez charged in with his maul and attacked the frail plates. The strange flesh fell away like dead wood, but behind was only more of the physical darkness to fill the gaps. A sentience deep inside the darkness called to the half-orc. The words froze Cortez. The giant arm of the monster came down and knocked Cortez to his back. The shock freed him from his trance while pinning him to the ground. From his new view, Cortez could see Ariel rise away from Sabin and walk towards the monster. Cassius! We know you're in there. Stop this at once. Ariel sprinted as the gold flames roared on his blade. The monster prepared for his attack. With one quick arm, it grabbed Ariel around the waist, and before he could swing, threw him through the window. 
The ground rushed toward Ariel as he plummeted from the castle heights. The more Cortez struggled, the harder it became to move. The monster whipped the arm that had just thrown Ariel at the beam above, shattering it. Atara grasped at the web still holding Theo and dangled useless above the battle. Rowan tried to raise herself from the ground, but could not. She had been thrown too many times, and now the pain coupled with exhaustion made lifting her armor an impossible task. Naya realized she was left to face the aberration alone. Well, fuck. Running low on energy, Naya tried one last time to shapeshift into some beast that could fight the monster better than her. However, the monster grabbed her while she prepared the transformation and pinned her to the ceiling. Sabin struggled to his uneven feet. His weapon cast aside, the only thing around him were shards of glass and debris. In his remaining hand, he picked up the sharpest piece that caught his eye. Come on, you fuck! Let's end this. Sabin began a stumbling run toward the monster. Cassius! Ariel floated in the window, held aloft by two glowing wings of light. Your cruelty does not suit a righteous ruler. You are unfit for the crown. Ariel flew toward the monster and swung his flaming holy blade. He cleaved the porcelain mask of Cassius in two, and with it, the crown on his head. The magic from within the crown exploded, knocking Ariel from the air. The monster's flesh opened like a budding flower, revealing the wounded body of Cassius within. The flesh twitched and began to reform. Now, Saban! Saban regained his momentum, putting all of his energy into sprinting. Saban jumped and plunged the sharp debris into his father's heart. The physical darkness that made up the flesh of the beast fell lifeless. Naya dropped, but Cortez rolled to catch her before she crashed into the ground. Atara, now safe to do so, dropped down and waited for the webs of darkness to release Theo. Gotcha. My hero. Theo said as they caressed Atara's face. Here, let me help you. Ariel supported Rowan as she got back on her feet. At the same time, Naya and Cortez regained theirs, and Atara laid Theo on the ground. Sabin! Aurora Nova rushed over to their fallen comrade. It's okay. Don't cry. Unfortunately, I live. Oh, fuck you, Sabin. Hey, friends. Is the world moving? All around, the physical darkness began to move once more coalescing at the broken window. It formed into a tall, thin beam with terrible antlers. 
The being gripped the window frame and stared out onto Glaston. Ariel raised his sword and stepped toward the being. It turned its faceless head to look at the still delirious Theo lying on the ground. Max and Jade, how far your line has fallen. Who are you? What do you want? The faceless head turned to Ariel. Everything. Ariel rushed to strike, yet the being morphed back into the formless sludge and escaped out the window before Ariel could stop it. Calpurnia appeared before him. <gasps> Ariel dropped to one knee. <gasps> oh, shit. Following suit, the rest of Aurora Nova dropped to their knees, even the begrudging Sabin. Prepare yourselves for his arrival. Uh, whose? Before Ariel finished his question, another being appeared. He was another tall, strong being of light. A salt and pepper beard adorned his stoic face underneath two penetrating eyes. He watched over the six people on their knees before he spoke. Well done, Ariel. Thank you. Elbrus, I presume. But I am merely part of a whole. Together we defeated Cassius. However it was accomplished does not matter. All that matters is that it is done. Ariel, it is time. Take up the crown and assume your rightful place on the throne. Your Majesty, the crown was destroyed. It was the only way to weaken Cassius. Well then, it is no matter. Once you have ended the battle today, you must have it repaired. Yes, sir. Uh, another thing. Yes. I am not the heir apparent. My cousin, Atara Atano, is. I'm dating a princess? Yes, of course. That can all be settled while you wait for the crown to be repaired. Hey, mind helping us with the huge battle outside? We do not interfere with the affairs of mortals. Remember what I have said, Ariel. Before Ariel could respond, Elbrus and Calpurnia disappeared once more. We do not interfere with the affairs of mortals. Isn't that exactly what they were doing here? God, Sabin, we need to get you help. No, no, I'll be fine. Just need to take a quick... Sabin passed out. <sighs> Cortez took Sabin in his arms while Ariel did the same for Theo, and together they left the throne room in search of help. It's... Quiet. Atara said as they stood behind the front door. I know. Prepare yourselves for anything. Aurora Nova did not find themselves on the castle grounds as they should have. 
Rather, they stepped onto a forested path lined with pale purple lights that led to the pond. Congratulations. This part of the journey is over. No, it isn't. Our friends are still down there fighting for their lives. Yes, they are. However, you all have already done your part, and you are in no shape to provide any further help. What are we supposed to do then? Rest a moment. Don't worry. It will be over soon. Rowan's father has captured Ferdinand. Once Cassius's army sees their commander captured, they will falter. Cortez and Ariel laid Sabin and Theo down on the banks of the Purple Pond. Will they be okay? Yes. Of all of you, they may have had the worst exposure to that poisonous abomination. Theo threw their weak in the wet, and Sabin when it took his arm. Yet, fortunately, they are the two of you whose blood is most resilient to it. Why... why is that? There is much you don't know about the Kamikas family, and of Sabin's paternal grandmother. Lovely. More half-answers. Sometimes half-answers are all I have. Besides, I cannot hold your hand through everything. I can only help here and there. I suppose we should thank you for that. No need. On the other side of the pond, the castle doors reappeared. For when you are ready. A short time passed. Ugh, where the fuck are we? Nowhere, I think. Come on, let's get you to your feet. Ariel helped Sabin stand and held him up as they walked around the pond to the door. Princess Atara Atano? <laughs> God, shut up with that or I swear I will drop you. Before they reached the door, Ariel stopped. What is it, Ariel? Deep in the trees, Ariel saw Lyra standing next to the man. Pride filled her eyes as she blew him a kiss. Nothing. The great door to the castle opened, and Aurora Nova stepped back out into the twilight world. Civilians and soldiers from their army had gathered at the gate, waiting for their reveal. Esteemed people of Kingsland! Valor shouted from the front of the crowd. May I present to you your heroes, Aurora Nova. Ariel passed Sabin off to Cortez and walked forward to address the gathered crowd. My friends, good people of Kingsland and throughout all of Glaston, this day is an auspicious one. Today we have removed from power a monarch whose sole goal was to benefit himself and those in his circle. This moment may mark the end of Cassius's rule, but not his tyranny. The actions of the Dread Emperor have left scars in the heart of this land and its citizens. The wounds he inflicted will not be healed today, but with love and unity, we shall rebuild even the most war-torn parts of our realm. Today begins a new day for our country. Together, we will correct the ills Cassius and his 13 riders have brought to Glaston. Ariel turned to look at Sabin, 
then readdressed the crowd. And the correction of those ills starts with those most close to us. I welcome all to join us, no matter your former loyalties. We work not for our own good, but for the good of all in Glaston. Legacy Saga is produced by Welcome Matt Radio, written and narrated by me, the artist currently known as Mosmo Napoli, sound design and audio engineering by Austin Olivia Kendrick, additional sound editing by Sam Trout, vocal direction by Matthew Moore, music direction and composition by Emma Whitley and Mac and Carol. Full cast lists can be found in the episode description. For more detailed information about the show, visit our website, welcomeatradio.com or follow us on Instagram and TikTok at welcomeatradio or on Twitter at matt underscore welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tell us what you think over on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss out on the story. <laughs>